The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael, Managing Editor of Crypto for Bloomberg News. And this is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily Bloomberg iHeart podcast. It's Tuesday, June 14th. Have you ever heard the saying, everything's bigger in Texas? That same ethos applies to Bitcoin mining in the Lone Star State. The state of Texas is flush with a new kind of prospector, Bitcoin miners. The city of Fort Worth even started a small mining operation out of its city hall. Today, I talk with Bloomberg reporter Mike Smith about what makes Texas so attractive to crypto enthusiasts. And you'll hear from Lee Bracha, head of the Texas Blockchain Council, for a look at the council's partnership with the city of Fort Worth and why Lee sees Texas as the perfect environment for Bitcoin believers. First up, Mike Smith. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Today we're going to talk about Texas and we're going to talk about mining in Texas, specifically Bitcoin mining. But just before we dive into kind of the technicalities of what's happening with with Texas and these Bitcoin miners, can you just explain what a Bitcoin mine looks like? Have you have you been to one? What was that experience like? Yeah, I've been to one um uh, out in Texas, actually, and it's it's quite a uh, almost a surreal experience. Most of these mining operations are located really in, in very sort of remote places in the middle of nowhere, so to speak, uh, especially in Texas. And they're quite striking when you come upon them, so to speak. But they're actually quite simple in what they are. They're basically um, you know warehouses or even sort of shipping containers filled with racks and racks and racks of computers that are all working in this together and sending the result of their work up into the to the sky to a, a internet connection via satellite and they use a lot of electricity so imagine just dozens and dozens and dozens of very expensive computers sort of humming along solving math problems creating bitcoin exactly so they're they're part of a much larger pool but they in turn are quite big in a lot of these cases and we're talking tens of thousands of computers uh, servers, Bitcoin servers, they call them, that are controlled or owned by the same miner, if you will, in many cases. And they buy how many Bitcoins they actually get, which is completely related to the number of computers they have mm-hmm. and the amount of electricity they have to power them. So Senator Ted Cruz, who's one of you know Texas's two senators, is on the record as saying, I want Texas to be the oasis on planet Earth for Bitcoin and crypto, which is, you know, a pretty ambitious <laughs> statement given the competition from other countries. I got to say, when it comes to Bitcoin and when it comes to crypto more generally, I am incredibly bullish. So tell, talk a little bit more about what Texas is specifically doing to attract Bitcoin miners to the state. Well, Texas is sort of the ideal uh, place for Bitcoin mining because there's so little regulation for just about anything. And that includes the electricity market and the government, uh, starting with the governor and spreading on to the federal level to Senator Cruz, for example, 
they really believe in 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 clearing the way in terms of regulations for business to do what they need to do to make money in their state. So um, that's kind of what they've been trying to do with Bitcoin. Uh, in the last year, uh, the state legislature passed a law and, and Governor Abbott signed it that basically set up this whole legal framework for Bitcoins to be sort of recognized as, as legal assets, if you will. And it made it easier for banks to be able to handle them, it made it easier for sort of just the uniform code of doing business to include cryptocurrency assets, including Bitcoins. Now, as a person who's lived in Texas and has experienced its weather extremes, as well as the, let's describe this charitably as the somewhat fragile power grid, what is Texas also doing to shore up its energy reserves for, you know, people and businesses that aren't crypto miners, given the constraints that it's operating with on that front? There's an issue with... um the amount of new electrical generation power plants coming online and being able to get to the people that need it as as quickly as they need it. So that's sort of their big challenge, trying to provide incentives for uh, people to build more power plants, ideally, um, you know, plants that are sustained, you know, are, are renewable with with solar and wind. But the problem is there aren't enough power lines to get that electricity the long, long distances back east to the major cities, for example, Houston, Dallas, et cetera, and to the industrial users. In other words, the people that need electricity are really far away from where it's being generated. And can we talk about the the weirdness of the fact that, you know, Houston is close to other cities in other states. There's various parts of Texas that border other states in the U.S. as well as, of course, other countries. But the Texas power grid isn't connected to any of these places. Why is that? Well, that's right. It's by design because Texas created this system uh, some time ago with the idea that it would be a wholly independent system, walled off from the rest of the country, walled off from states that heavily regulate electricity because they wanted Texas to be a sort of free market energy zone in all senses of the word. Mm -hmm. So they didn't want to connect to with, uh, you know, say California's grid or all the way up to New York, because a lot, most of the country is interconnected so that they can share energy and, and export energy, so to speak, when they don't need it or when they need it. Texas, they wanted to make it self-contained and therefore just sort of a beautiful free market example of how the market can provide what people need at the best price possible. So that's exactly why they did it. And that, of course, has had some challenges, um, given, as you described, when in 2021, that grid basically fell over um, and made the provision of electricity and power for hundreds of millions of people just impossible. President Joe Biden declared a major disaster in Texas. It was a week of sub-zero temperatures, frozen oil and gas wells, and absolutely soaring electricity prices, all of which left millions in the dark. Bloomberg's Rachel Adams heard his what are the Bitcoin miners going to do if there are these rolling blackouts in the future? Like, how are they going to handle that disruption to their business? Well, Bitcoin miners, their principal argument for not being a threat, so to speak, to the electricity system is that they uh, they can turn off their computers at a moment's notice, um, you know, within minutes, just like when you turn off your computer or your laptop uh, when you're done working for the day. So they have a system in Texas where 
if there is a sort of a looming crisis, if the you know the the total amount of electricity is approaching the maximum that they can provide, and if you go past that line, you have you have to start turning off people's electricity, blackouts, brownouts. Mm -hmm. The Bitcoin miners have committed to um, have promised to turn off their computers when needed uh, to essentially save electricity. And there are great incentives in the uh, in the in this free market power system that Texas have for them to do that because, you know, when when there's shortages of electricity or when we're reaching a peak level and there's not going to be enough electricity to go along, the price goes up a lot. So when a Bitcoin miner turns off their computers, they get paid a lot of money to do that. I mean, they can make as much money uh, turning off their computer for a few hours, their sort of their computers for a few hours as they can, you know, mining Bitcoin for days and days and days. So what's interesting to me is this positivity around crypto sort of kind of came out of nowhere <laughs> um, at, at the highest levels of government. Like, you know, Governor Abbott and others had been very welcoming to people like Joe Rogan and Elon Musk, who are, you know, very much embedded in various parts of this kind of tech libertarian crypto scene, but the explicitness around, hey, you know, come to Texas, set up your Bitcoin mines is a newer development than that. And I'm wondering, you know, how much of this is attributable to lobbying? Like the Texas legislature has a very interesting relationship with with lobbyists of all stripes. And the Texas Blockchain Council has really established itself in a relatively short amount of time as like foremost among them as it relates to this conversation. Yeah. And um, it's interesting because the Bitcoin Council, it's almost like they don't really need lobbyists. They just sort of call up the governor and he invites them over to the mansion to talk. They're being you know, just extremely welcomed and with remarkably little you know, actual resources they have to throw at it. Um, same thing with with executives in the industry. You know, at the core of, uh, of Bitcoin mining is energy. And it's interesting if you talk to a lot of the Bitcoin miners, in Texas are uh, their oil people. You know, they came from the oil and gas business. You know, Bitcoin to them is just another, it's another form of the oil business. Yeah, it's quite similar. Instead of, instead of drilling for oil, you're looking for electricity. Well, thank you. That is a very interesting thing to think about, the, the, <laughs> the connection of that, what is a very true historical fact and something that feels extremely cutting edge and of the moment right now. I'm really so glad that you could join us today, Mike. Thank you again. My pleasure. You can find more of Mike Smith's reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal, on Bloomberg.com, and on Twitter at Smith Markets. We'll be right back. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. So now that we have a sense of where the state of Texas currently finds itself as it relates to that overall crypto mining universe, let's look at where proponents of mining operations want to see it heading in the future. How do we continue to have Texas lead in the space of Bitcoin, Bitcoin mining and blockchain in general? That's Lee Bracha. He heads the Texas Blockchain Council, which partnered with the city of Fort Worth for the first ever 
city-run Bitcoin mining operation in the U.S. And he joins me now. Tell our listeners more about the Texas Blockchain Council. The Texas Blockchain Council is an industry association working to make Texas the jurisdiction of choice for Bitcoin, blockchain, and we have a special emphasis on Bitcoin mining. Uh, And so we work on the regulatory affairs side. We work on researching policy and advocating and educating with elected officials. And we also do your standard chamber of commerce type stuff with our member companies, help them in business development efforts. So our listeners heard earlier that, you know, Senator Ted Cruz and Governor Abbott and others have been very enthusiastic supporters of Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining in the state. Can you tell us more about your relationship with them, the kinds of conversations that, you know, and the education, as you say, that you're doing with lawmakers and legislators? Yes, we've had several conversations with with both uh, Senator Cruz and, and Governor Abbott. The, the crux of those conversations were around what's best for Texas and what's best for uh, innovation. And Texas has led as an innovative state, as a business-friendly state for decades now. And my conversations with them are around how do we continue to have Texas lead in the space of Bitcoin, Bitcoin mining, and blockchain in general. And uh, specifically pertaining to Bitcoin mining, we have conversations around job creation, tax revenue, and the ERCOT energy-only grid. Everyone's goals is to ensure that power reliability is maintained mm-hmm. and that Texans, whether they live in El Paso or Dallas or in you know rural East Texas, they all have reliable and consistent access to power. In various other countries, you know, miners have been, shall we say, less than committed, right? They find a better offer somewhere else, like Texas, for example. They they up sticks, they leave town because it's fundamentally a very mobile friendly operation. Like, are we are we talking about jobs that are seasonal that you think are these are things that are going to be around for 18 months or are folks really starting to plan longer term than that? Some of the jobs are are seasonal. Um, especially related to the construction of the sites. You don't need to have several hundred electricians and and, uh, construction folks there year round, Mm -hmm. but they do maintain a good percentage of those for maintenance and for expansion. And in some of the places in North America, and in fact, every place in North America that has an industrial scale Bitcoin mine over 50 megawatts, it is very much a permanent structure. So they have hundreds of millions of dollars worth of uh, infrastructure investment going in. The only way a Bitcoin miner uh, shuts down operations in Texas is if they go bankrupt. Now, that might not be true for, say, a, um, a flare gas Bitcoin miner, where they have a 40 foot shipping container with miners inside. They're, they're mining uh, using a generator from flare gas. Mm-hmm. That would be more of a mobile structure. Uh, structure and and perhaps just a few million dollars of investment, but it is mobile. Well, it, it's interesting that you mentioned the gas flaring, right? Because that's been an example of something where folks are trying to make a sort of an environmental case for Bitcoin mining. They're like, well, otherwise this flared gas would just, you know, it would it would be wasted, as it were. But now we're finding ways to reintegrate that into another part of the industry. Um, that said, there are a lot of folks who have significant concerns about generally the effect of Bitcoin mining on the environment, because even in, if in some cases you're able to reallocate energy sources, in a lot of other cases, it's just additional new energy consumption. How are you or you know the folks that you are talking to making a case for the potential of a more environmentally aware 
industry as it relates to mining? We are very conscious of the, the need to ensure that uh, we're, we're environmentally sustainable mining is top of mind. And there's two ways that we do that. The first way is through understanding that energy usage is a way that society and human flourishing progresses throughout history. And so energy usage is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just depending on what you're using it on. So we would argue that securing a global monetary system and what some would call freedom money, which is Bitcoin, is a valuable use of energy, much more valuable than, say, Christmas lights or video games or thing, all these kinds of industries use a lot more energy. Than things Bitcoin that give mining. people joy. Potentially, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and we, we don't see anything wrong with using energy on Christmas lights and, and video games. Uh, and in Texas in particular, about 30% of the grid at any given time is wind and solar, depending on how hot it is or how much the sun is shining, how much the wind is blowing that particular day. Uh, and Bitcoin mining is uh, using an outsized amount of wind and solar in Texas. So more than the average grid user. And not only that, we're actually incentivizing more wind and solar because we will go out and be an on-site power off-taker for a um, a wind farm a wind or a solar, solar farm. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. It allows them to build out more infrastructure with better economics because they have an on-site um, power off-taker. There's just not enough transmission capacity to get all of the wind energy from West Texas to the big power off-takers in, in Dallas or Houston or Austin. So a lot of that energy gets wasted. In fact, about 15% of the time, you have negative pricing in West Texas, which means uh, that energy is is wasted. You've mentioned a few different parts of Texas and, and how they're thinking about mining. Tell me more about what you are up to in Fort Worth. Yeah, Fort Worth. Um, we, we connected with the mayor of Fort Worth in the city several months ago through mutual friends. And um, they had an interest in Fort Worth becoming a, a tech city and a city that's innovation forward. And so one of the ways that we suggested that they do that is becoming a city that it's a first for Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining. So we, um, we decided to donate several machines to the city of Fort Worth for them to, to mine Bitcoin. It's not really a substantial amount of Bitcoin or a substantial amount of power. It's, it's about the amount of power that it would take to run two vacuum cleaners. And the amount of profit from these machines will be measured in hundreds of dollars and not millions of dollars. So it is very much a pilot study at no cost to the taxpayer uh, because these machines were donated. And the, the proceeds from the, the Bitcoin that is received will offset any of the power costs and, and have a little bit of profit on top of that. Thank you, Lee. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a fun conversation. On the next episode of Bloomberg Crypto, what do you do if you want to leave your crypto to your friends, family, or heirs after you die? What does estate planning for stablecoins and NFTs even look like? Crypto as an asset class is less than two decades old. That means that most estate planners don't yet understand how to navigate this kind of digital wealth transfer. For more, I'll turn to Bloomberg reporter Jill Shah for a look at how cryptocurrency holdings are proving thorny for estate planners. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael, and this is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, Visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Email your comments, questions, or suggestions to crypto at Bloomberg.net. Follow us on Twitter at Crypto. 
The supervising producer of this episode is Vicky Vergalina. Our producer is Mohamed Farouk. Associate producer, Zanab Siddiqui. Desta Wonderad is our engineer. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Bloomberg's head of podcasts is Francesca Levy. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.